Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode number 287, right? Thank you, Micah. Uh, she just handed me water in case you're just listening to audio. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined by my boys, Chris Raygun. Chris, how are you today, my friend? I, I just saw you. Let's pretend like we didn't just talk, do this episode, the other episode. Yeah, yeah. We did an episode before this and uh, we took a, about a half hour break. I I pissed the entire time, mm. like mm. the entire the entire 30 minute duration was spent urinating very slowly. I wanted to make sure I, I want to make sure I got it out in the exact amount of time that it would take for us to get here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, I was wondering if you had like one of those brutal, like frying chicken pisses. But no, it was no, no, no. Quite the opposite. Oh. Quite the opposite. It was very just a little dribble. Just a dribble. Yeah, just a dribble. Like the, like the water coming out of one of those things hamsters drink out of. Yeah, exactly. Like the minute amount of water that comes out. Did you see that thing that was going around recently about people who grew up with hamsters recently realizing that hamsters hibernate? And so they ended up just Mm. throwing their hamsters away because they thought they were dead. Oh, wow. That's Mm. dark, dude. That's pretty dark. Mass, like mass burying alive of hamsters in people's gardens. My hamster was dead, dead. Uh, I'm sure of that. He was starting. Well, 
we weren't forgetting about him, but I think he was dead for maybe two days or something. And it wasn't like we had a dead rotting hamster, but he smelled a little dead. I think if I remember correctly, this was like a long, long time ago. He smelled uh, a little dead. Apparently, the the way you know, and this is I'm just giving this information out there because apparently this is like a really apparently this is something that happens a shocking amount. Like people just kill their hamsters. How you know is that if you move them around and they, they're like loose, they're still limp because their blood flow is still happening, even though they're dead because their heart, their heartbeat stops. Everything about them like looks they look fucking dead, but like they'll still mm. move with the elasticity. Of, like, you got to shake alive. them around. If they move like a fucking action figure yeah. <laughs> and they're completely solid, then it's a pretty good indication that you've got a dead hamster. They have rigor mortis or whatever at that point. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So. Like, how'd you know your hamster was dead? Oh, its skull was showing. <laughs> Might be a good it eroded indication. away. Dust yeah. to dust. <laughs> I never wanted a hamster. I knew people that had them when I was a kid in the 80s and into the 90s, but I never wanted one for some reason. It just never spoke yeah. to me. My, my niece, Ayla, has one named Honey. And it's quite, I, I held it last time I went to their house and I was like, this is the softest thing in the world. But you know when something's really cute and you just kind of want to. Yeah, there's like this, yeah. Mm, you just, just want to fucking squeeze it to death? Yeah, you just kind of yeah, yeah. Why yeah, is that? Like, what is that all about? Uh, of, of mice and men, maybe. Do you know what I'm talking about? The no. What? Classic <laughs> literary thing where there's the mentally challenged guy that pets the rabbit oh, too hard oh, and kills right. it and then he kills the girl. Spoilers right. for Mike's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. century literature. Yeah. yeah, I've never, I've never seen the movie. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I had it when I was younger. I really had an obsession with chameleons, and I really wanted a chameleon because I went to Puerto Rico, and I was, I remember, I this is such a vivid memory. I was like maybe like four or five max, and I was in a McDonald's in Puerto Rico, and the guy in front of me was ordering, and he had he had a chameleon on his shoulder, like it was fucking normal. And it was just mm. eating flies that just happened to be around. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, that's like a, your own personal, like, you don't even have to fly swat or, or anything. You have like an auto turret on your fucking shoulder. That's sick. And I really wanted one for a really, really long time. But then I found out that they live like two years max, mm. which was like really heartbreaking to find out. But yeah, it is Puerto sad. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. What a loser. Well, <laughs> that chameleon's such a loser. <laughs> Died in one year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Let's get into this episode at hand. So if people are listening sequentially, we did an episode last week about our favorite moments of 2023. Now we look forward to 2024, a little less nebulous after the Game Awards, although still a little nebulous, maybe beyond the first and second quarters. The rules here are simple as we do it each year. We each pick five games and we'll go around the rotisserie and each select a game and we can have honorable mentions if we want. It's not a big deal. The only rule is that it has to be on PlayStation and so it doesn't have to be published by PlayStation or an exclusive or anything like that. Just a game on PlayStation. And in fact, I was looking at last year's episode, just the description, and we said that none of our most anticipated games, I think, were PlayStation games at all on that list. Um, so that goes to show you how it will typically go. And it might go again this year because we don't really even have anything to say. Although there are a couple of games I think we can select from PlayStation published, the PlayStation published world. So, uh, Dustin, you went first last time. So, Chris, I'll let you go first this time. You select the first of your five games we discuss and we go around the horn. So go ahead and start us off. All right. Well, the, the first game that I, I'm really pumped for personally is uh, Hades 2. I uh, I loved Hades. I love Supergiant. Bastion is probably one of my favorite favorite games of that style ever. I love that isometric and, and that stylistic uh, that style that that Supergiant has and that is so prevalent in, in Pyre and Transistor and, and Bastion and onto Hades and now Hades 2. Hades 2 being the first sequel that they've ever done, I think it's like really fascinating too. Uh, just from a departure standpoint, I know obviously it's because it's a mega hit unlike a lot of their other games which have been i think fairly modest successes no no real failures but definitely not as big as hades was so i don't know man it it, it speaks to me i loved the original hades i haven't played it in a long time in fairness but you know it's a good uh it's good to know that they're still working and they're still putting out some cool shit i would have personally maybe liked a new thing just because that's their that's kind of their MO uh, up until this point, but I'm not going to slash it more Hades. Gorgeous yeah, Hades, of course, come from um, Supergiant. And it's interesting because this is definitely a, a totally valid um, selection, but the game hasn't been confirmed for 2024 for console, interestingly. So we'll see if yeah. it comes because I think it's coming to early access first on PC and then it'll be ported over. So it might not even make it this year, but I think that's a perfectly valid choice nonetheless. So. Yeah, Hades two. Uh, and I should uh, note too yeah, that it, it like the original Hades what came. I remember I played the original Hades like day one in early access, and it was actually still really, really great. Like it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like most early access games did at that time, especially where just like oh these are the like the bare bones. It wasn't like Sea of Thieves or something, which was like that was a game that got pretty robust eventually, but like kind of started out a little bit like a little bare bones. It was there was a lot a lot of meat on that bone even in its early stages. So. Um, yeah, you are right. The the main version of the game, the the 1.0 or whatever they're going to call it, is uh, you know, probably not next year. But it is going to be a game that people are going to be playing next year, and I think it'll be a big part of the conversation. So, for uh, sure, and it could make yeah. it. Q2 apparently is when it will come to PC. So, yeah. we will find out. All right, 
Dustin, do you have anything you want to say about Hades before we move on? It's not a game for me personally. I I, I mess around a little bit with the first. I just I don't know. I'm not roguelikes are hit or miss for me. So yeah, yeah. but but I know a lot of people that loved it. I, I said uh, in the previous episode, Ramon played it, and that's that's why I was telling him I was like, that's a game gamers play. So that's how you know you've kind of graduated up a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I like the first one a lot. Uh, it's I have a funny memory in that that's the game that reactivated my thumb injury. So thanks, Supergiant, for that. Hopefully I can uh, send you any kind of medical bills yeah, related. Sure I won't blame them. Sue them, maybe. Anything's possible. But I think it's I really respect them that they had huge success with the first Hades and that they could have done a game in between, but they're just leaning into it. And I hope they make a shit ton of money from this one as well. And then not that uh, not that I'm not discounting Hades, too, as being a less creative endeavor. I'm sure it will be and very different. But after that, we can see what they can do doing a, another new project, potentially with a lot more budget. All right. I leave it to you, Dustin, to continue on with your first game. Uh, I got to get this one. I want to claim it. I know this isn't a competition, but I know it's on probably your list, Colin. That's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, February 29th. This is my most anticipated game currently, I think, for next year. And I'm really excited because I think Final Fantasy VII Remake, as it's aged in my brain, has gotten better in some ways. I think that the main problem I have with the with Remake, the first remake, is just that it's a little bit corridor focused at points where you have these small open worlds and then you get into a story section where you're kind of just going from point a to point b a lot of times and the side quests were hit and miss for the most part but man everything we've seen of final fantasy 7 rebirth looks so cool the fact that they really are going all out with the fact that this is the point in the story no spoilers but it opens up a lot though you get the world map and so i'm sure that was a big challenge for them to to figure out how they were gonna do that and so i've been trying to avoid seeing more stuff about this game but what we have seen so far it already immediately you you see the different moments from the original playstation one game being brought to life in beautiful high resolution with the way that they've remade it so beautifully yet so faithful at the same time and I just am I'm so incredibly excited to see what it is. And the other thing, too, is just that it's not that far away from where we are now. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, February 29th. 29th. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 29th. So really not that long to wait. And holy shit, we've got a busy February for RPG fans. And some of those other games I will mention, so I won't say them now. But Rebirth is top of the list for me. Cool. Yeah. Great selection. Obviously on my list somewhere, too. And can't wait to play it. And as far as Final Fantasy seven remake is concerned, I loved it. I thought it was masterful. Personally, I, I was totally blown away by it once I really sat down with it and got into it. How much of an experience it is. It's an interesting experience. It's meaningful and it's. I don't want to spoil it for people, but it, it's just that it doesn't necessarily rewrite Final Fantasy seven, but rather reposition what could be is very subtle but important to me in my appreciation of it and i just love kind of love those characters i don't feel like a final fantasy game has been made since then with maybe the exception of 16 that had anywhere close to that level of character in it and 
it's cool to, you know, I'm Dana and I just played four, which has a very strong cast too. And we'll eventually get to six on knockback. And those are the other two games, in my opinion, that have the strongest casts like by far. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay. And I'm going to do a, ple- a full replay of the, fu- of probably in early February of in- integrate. Cause I never even played the, the UFI stuff at all. Oh, so you haven't played at 60 FPS. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm gonna, Cause originally I was going to go back and just try to platinum it on PS4, but I just want to, play the Yuffie stuff so and that's not even available on ps4 so i'm just gonna bite the bullet and play it through here and maybe use yeah. a trophy i think you have to beat it twice anyway but it would be cool to, i like the platinum games that games that i love i, lo- I like the platinum of those games so and yeah. i think final fantasy 7 rebirth is, is just an incredibly strong game or i'm sorry final fantasy 7 remake is an incredibly strong game i'm sure rebirth is going to be an incredibly strong game too all right my first one that i'm gonna bring up here is an interesting one in my opinion it's uh banishers ghost of new eden this game comes out February 13th. It's an action or action RPG from Don't Nod. And we don't know an incredible amount by, about it. And I'm actually a little bit off on the trailers because I haven't watched all of the footage and gameplay that they've released because I'm just very interested in it. So people know Don't Nod as a studio, and I think reasonably so, that did Life is Strange and Twin Mirror and all that kind of stuff. And then more like um, more weird kind of uh, stuff like that, that Lost Records game they, they announced actually at, at VGAs where it's more of an adventure game, more of a of a personal experience, but they actually got their start as we often talk about with a very, very interesting game from the PS3 era called remember me, which Capcom published in the last year of PlayStation three's life cycle as a standalone console before the PS4 came out in that year, 2013. And as we say before, this is one of those examples of Sony walking away from a game. It didn't want. And remember me was supposed to be a second party game at some point in its development. And so when people think of Don't Nod with Life is Strange and all that stuff and Captain Spirit and all whatever, it's I get it because that's their big stuff. But they have a they actually have a, a, a heritage of making action games and shooters. And I know that Vampire, which came out in 2018, is one of those games. And they're working with the same publisher, Focus, which at the time was Focus Home Interactive, but now is Focus Entertainment. Um, and I need to get back and play that game, Vampire, because it's supposed to be really, really good depending on your approach to how you like your rpgs and your action rpgs but banishers sounds cool to me for multiple reasons if people go look into it um you play as two characters but one of them i don't even know if this is a spoiler or not i don't i don't think it is but i'm pretty sure that one of them is alive and one of them is dead that's kind of the vibe i get or at least one of them uses powers of like the living and one of them uses powers of the spiritual world and i believe you switch between them or like harness both of their powers which kind of sounds pretty neat and I just want a this reminds me a little bit of the game Greedfall and why I was attracted to it, though. I never played it. I really would like to get to it at some point. There's something about this that's more colonial, but like this. This old period piece shit, it, it, maybe even like the order 1886 that I find really, really attractive. So as far as games that I want to talk about today that have specific release dates and this one does of February 13th. And I remember it was supposed to come out already and they basically admitted like we're just kind of intimidated by this field of games that are coming out right now. I don't know if they did themselves any favors actually by moving it to February or not, but they're going to try nonetheless. I'll be interested to see how it is. Vampire is kind of on my short list for holiday games. So maybe I'll have more. Maybe I won't even want to play it after that, but I did. I platinum remember me back in the day. I really liked that game. So I'm interested in giving this one a chance. So yeah, shout out to um, Banisher's Ghost of New Eden. That has a date of February 13th, 2024 on PS5. Any takers on this one or am I going to be the only one playing this one? Uh, I am curious about it when reviews drop and there's more to see about it. I actually I remember the trailers and it getting revealed, but I haven't really looked at much into it since then. So, yeah, uh, 
Maddie always talks so highly about uh, vampire. Is it vampire? Is it vampire? Vampire? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't actually know. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's stick with you, Dustin. It's time for your second game. For my wait. Is it really? Oh, oh. no, it's not. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not. You're right. It's Chris. I'm I was sorry. Gonna sound like I'm having a. You're right. You know, you're, <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry. It's time for your second game. All good. Uh, let's see. I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Tekken. Tekken 8 oh. out uh, January 26th. Not usually a fighting guy. Not usually in the scene of these of these places, but. I'm a Tekken guy. I really like Tekken. I, I grew up with Tekken. Tekken two and three specifically, like were really, really key, key games for me. And I, I actually did play a fair bit of Tekken seven as well on just at friends' houses and and elsewhere. I just I think of the three D fighters, it they it, the Tekken always stood out to me as like the the one that felt the most right. I never got that into Virtual Fighter. I never I never really appreciated when Street Fighter went into this two point five D kind of aesthetic and and uh. What is it? The there was another. Oh my god, there was another. Oh, Mortal Kombat and and Injustice and and those things. Like they didn't. They always felt something about them felt wrong. And I wasn't sure if it was just the reach or the speed or what. But but Tekken just feels right. It's appropriately goofy. Uh, it's just such an absurdist take on a serious world. I I I, lo- I love Tekken and I'm really into it. Ever since I could play as a fucking bear, yeah, for no reason. I was uh I was just totally in. So Tekken 8's probably a big one for me. It's also pretty, you know, fairly imminent. I've both kind of from the time we're recording this and also definitely by the time you hear this. Yeah, um, January 26th, like you said, PS5, Unreal 5 game, which will be interesting to see as a fighting game. Yeah. Maybe, was it the first fighting game release as an Unreal 5 game? I don't know for sure. I think it might be. Uh, I'm not in. I don't personally have interest in this, but I know, I think, I don't want to say no, but I think Cog is a big Tekken person, mm-hmm. isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm sure he'll be all over this, too. I'll probably want to play with you. All right, Dustin, now it is your turn. Now it is my turn. Uh, I'm going to go with my second most anticipated. It's going to be Persona 3 Reload on February 2nd. And this is the perfect release for me because I've never played Persona 3. I've started it uh, on, I think I had like when you could download certain PS2 games on your PS3. I, I started that way. And while I enjoyed the story and was really intrigued by it, it was really tough to go back. It's procedurally generated dungeons that don't change like the like Persona 4 and very much different than Persona 5. So going back is while something I've always thought in my mind I would do. I just don't know if I ever actually was going to. So the fact that they're remaking the game and making it absolutely stunningly beautiful. And dude, they just showed that new trailer at the pre-show for the game awards and the music just immediately right off the bat sounded so, so good. And so, yeah, this is the perfect persona release for me right now uh, coming in. Yeah. February 1st. And then later in the year, we have more stuff coming from Atlas as well, but I've always been intrigued. Some people that uh, have played Persona 3 think it's the best one out of Persona 3, 4, and 5. And so I definitely felt like I have missed out on this particular title. Uh, So excited to play that one February 2nd. Okay. I'm going to probably not play it. Maybe I will. 
I'd like to play five first, although it, it would be good to experience really um, any persona that's not persona Four, just to kind of broaden my horizons. I do know that Micah will be playing it for sure. Okay. Yeah. How about let's get this on the board. Hell divers two, mm. February 8th from arrowhead. Finally, this game is interesting to us because, well, it's interesting to me anyway, because it was leaked in the GeForce leak and it ended up being real. And I remember when we saw that we were like hell divers too. It's almost seemed like you would never have really imagined it. And we never imagined it because we were seeing it through the lens of the top down shooter that hell divers was now hell divers was a cool game, but yeah, it, you wouldn't expect so modern Sony to invest in a game like that. And then you find out that it's not really like that at all. It's a really a third person shooter. And I'm kind of amped about it just to see what it is. Like, is this going to work? Is this going to be good? Is this going to stick around? Is Arrowhead onto something? Is Sony interested in Arrowhead after this comes out? Or is it going to bomb? Is it going to review badly? I'm, I don't know. I'm curious about it. I think it looks really fun. And I love the idea. And I guess this is my old school kind of roots. I always say how I don't like br- gruelingly hard 3D games. And that's typically true. But I do like gruelingly hard 2D games. And some of that does segue into an old school feeling, even in 3D with stuff like Helldivers, where there's friendly fire and you can just get crushed by your own like yeah. pot, like supply pods and get shot by your own turrets. And there's something cool about that. And I also am curious how much they play up or if it's really important at all, the story and the angle of kind of this idea of managed democracy and which is basically just fascism in some way and how they almost playing up that the film release of Starship Troopers in some way. It seems like that that has been very influential here. And I think Starship Troopers is pretty powerful film, depending on how you look at it. So it's cool to finally have this long rumored we knew that we knew about this game for more than three years really and we knew about it for well over two years without them saying anything about it and so and even remember do you guys remember that i bring this up but it it seems like it never i I haven't seen it but there was that piece of a trailer from original hell divers 2 that got leaked that had like the place like it had the old style like sony computer entertainment thing on it like there was something about this game where they at some point I think redid it or made it something else, made it something bigger, saw the potential in it, maybe got glimmers of this this games as a service future and said like we can kind of drag this in here if we just give it a little bit more attention and maybe make it into something a little bit more digestible as opposed to something more niche like a first or like um rather a top down shooter. So yeah, Helldivers 2. Shout out to Arrowhead. I'm very curious about it. I have a good feeling about it. I don't know that it's going to review awesomely but i think that people will be interested in it and then we'll have to just find out if sony supports it or not because this is shit dude once hell divers 2 comes out february 8th on ps5 and it's going to be on pc as well which is pretty big because it's um going to be a concurrent release which is very unusual for sony so that's a a little bit of its own experiment and i think that might help keep it alive which is Mm -hmm. yeah for sure a, a key component of it as well so i'll be very 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 fascinated to find out what it goes on with hell divers 2 and then after that as far as second party is concerned, it gets a little dicier in terms of what what's even coming. I mean, you have Rise of the Ronin and all that shit too, but maybe someone's going to bring that up. So, all right, I'll leave it there. Oh wait, hold oh. on, but Colin, I was yeah. I wanted to confirm with you oh, about oh, yeah, please, please, Hell Divers Two. This one, I'm the more I see of it, especially I think there was was there something just at the Game Awards, right? They had a trailer yeah. there. I am excited for this game. And Chris, you and I talked about Lethal Company recently. Mm -hmm. These are not similar games really at all. But I was thinking, I hope they incorporate proximity chat 
into Helldivers where be, yeah. if you see your friend and he's saying like, oh, I'm going to shoot. And then he like, you know, mid sentence gets cut off by, you know, a, a landing thing or whatever, a, a pod landing on him. And then you just can't talk to him anymore. He's dead or someone's screaming because they're getting attacked by a monster and then they're just gone. It could be really fun. And I got to say, too, I'm buying this, but not on PlayStation. I'm getting this on the PC platform just because that's where that's really where I want to go when I'm playing multiplayer games. And this is this is one for the boys and we're going to be playing there. So I'm really, really curious about it. I think you're right, though, Colin, that I can definitely see a world where this gets a 75, 80. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't think it's going to light the world on fire, but I think it's definitely going to be good for good for a romp with the boys i'm kind of curious colin what your experience will be like playing by yourself if that's even going to be satisfactory at all yeah i, I like playing helldivers one by myself i play most of the, my helldivers multiplayer experience happened in pre-release and it is necessary to play it that way but they were explicit that the game can be played by yourself um yeah so i'm totally fine with that and yeah maybe we'll see i mean maybe i'll want to jump on with people i just uh doubt that and we'll <laughs> find out what happens but yeah by the pc version i think that sony will be paying very close attention to this game as far as how it does on pc as well so i'm sure that will make them bullish okay let's see it goes back to you now chris all right so my next pick is little nightmares three i'm really i can't remember what the exact date for this was but it's definitely next year little nightmares three What's the what's the release date on it? Why is it being weird? Oh, I guess it's it's just slated for twenty twenty four. I guess no release date, but I think it'll I think it'll make it. Little Nightmares is a fairly it's not the most complicated game, but I am really into this. I guess now trilogy. It's it, there's something about this type of I don't know this inside style like this limbo style uh, meets. Like Alan Sh- Alvin Schwartz, like from uh, what is it, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark style art, this like weird surrealist, um, like art style. I-, I I love Little Nightmares, and there's like some weird, there's some weirdly intricate story details that links a lot of these games. And I think there's even like an expansion for two that I haven't I haven't played, or an expansion for one that I haven't played that I really got to get into. But these are really solid, atmospheric puzzle platformers that are exactly as complicated as they need to be exactly as long as they need to be. They don't overstay their welcome. They throw enough interesting things at you kind of throughout the entire runtime that just, I view these as really, really tight, really, really solid um, experiences, especially if you, if you are somebody who's like into this kind of uh, into this weird, like there's another game that's for, for whatever reason, like completely blanking on, but it's like a, Oh, God damn it. I'm going to remember it at the end of this recording that really it's going to bother the hell out of me, but it invokes it so heavily. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm curious what the story is going to do, because there's some really crazy twists that go on in Little Nightmares 2 that kind of imply really interesting things about the first one that I wonder if they're going to do that again. But yeah, Little Nightmares is cool. Chris, I'm I'm looking now. I'm surprised. I think I knew this. I just forgot. Little Nightmares 1, you can play in three and a half hours. You're right. Yeah. That's a tight little, uh, you know, yeah. that's a game you can beat in a night mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah. 100%. And Little Nightmares 2, five and a half hours. And even like completionist runs for Little Nightmares 1 is eight hours. Little Nightmares 2 is nine. So these are 
nice little bite size games. That's super appealing to me. Yeah, it, they're really just visually striking. I, I really love the visual design of these games. Like the entire time, they're just so interesting to look at. I think it's vital to bring through. up, and I'm surprised you didn't. That it's a different team doing the third game, which is that's right. Which is strange. Super massive doing it, which I think is very unusual. And Tarsier was the studio that used to, which was a, at one time a pretty close proximity second party PlayStation team, but. Bandai Namco owns the IP. I think Tarsier was purchased by someone, so they're off the map now. And then this was given over to Supermassive, probably because of the relationship they have via with Bandai Namco via the um, the Dark Pictures anthology. So yeah, good choice. All right, Dustin, we go over to you for your third choice. For my third choice, here's an interesting one that I don't know if you guys are thinking of. On April 30th, this re- release date was just announced a few weeks ago. Braid Anniversary Edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you don't remember Braid, this game was really exciting. It was a game that came out uh, originally on the Xbox 360 uh, arcade. And I think all did it come to PS3 also, Colin? It must uh, have. Braid right? did later. Yeah. It did. Okay, it did later. I, I assume I'm I was pretty sure it did, but I wasn't positive. Yeah, I think I want to say 2010. But, I'll look it up. I ended up playing this game on PC because I recall that it was in one of the original Humble Bundles when that was kind of a new and novel yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's how, how I, I got it. That's how I checked it out. And this is a 2D platformer that plays a lot with time. So there's different levels where your character, when they move forward, time moves forward. When they move backward on like, you know, left and right time goes backwards and there's lots of other stuff too. It has this cool painterly aesthetic that kind of has this impressionist feel, but they make it feel alive in that it's, it's moving and almost breathing in a way as you play it. And this uh, anniversary edition got announced, what, two or three years ago. It's been a long time in the making. And finally we have a release date and they said about, uh, how it's really in depth in terms of there's like different director commentary aspects of it. I don't normally do those, but since they're putting such a big emphasis on it, I'm definitely want to check that out. And it's been so long since I've played this game and it's more of a a puzzle game that most of it at least will feel fresh to me when I play it. But braid is truly one of those uh, must play games. Uh, One of those that, I don't it's definitely not underrated and I think a lot of people appreciate it, but it's been enough time now that this is the perfect opportunity. If you haven't played it, the anniversary edition is definitely an an easy, I assume, as long as there's nothing horribly fucking wrong with it when it comes (laughs) out, it's going to be a must play for everyone. Um, I looked it up. It was late 2009. I knew it was around that era Mm. because I remember playing it in my in-law apartment, which I only lived in for a, a short period of time when it came to PS3. And of course, The Witness, we we haven't seen Jonathan Blow reemerge in uh, some time. It was interesting because he's he was at I mean, he was a pro. I think I'm pretty sure that he went first at the PlayStation event, right? With The Witness. Or maybe yes. I'm wrong on that. I think he has four reveal. Right. The f- reveal. And so that was that was interesting. And people loved The Witness. I'll be interested to see what he does next. Doesn't he have some bad? Well, some. There's some people that don't like him anymore. Yeah, for I don't some know, reason, though, like socially. I was going to say that. I'm not sure if that's. I, don't I think the reasons are that dumb. because it's, I don't. I I, he has a whole thing on Wikipedia here about like public image. Um, 
prick, like being called a prickly genius and blah, blah, blah. And like he, he basically is just very outspoken about the industry itself, which is fine. But I don't think it's any I don't I don't I'm always skeptical of that shit because of the way people talk about me where I'm like, I don't yeah. know about that. Oh, yeah. You know. OK, uh, I am up. Let's see. God, I have a huge list of games here. Mm. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, 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 did that one. I was looking at that one. We already did that one. We already did that one. How about. I don't know. I guess if we're going to do re-releases, I was I was pretty amped about. I'm trying to leave things that I think you guys will choose so that we don't step on each other's toes here because I, I want to uh, have as an equitable list here. So I'm going to go with um, Suikoden in 1 and 2 Remaster. Nice. Which I actually think has a release date. Let me see here. I, should, I probably should have looked this up. Suikoden in 1 and 2 Remaster date. Likely delayed out of... Uh, oh, delayed out of 2020. Out to 2024. Okay, to 2024, that's totally fine. Yeah. So I was going to pick Ayuden Chronicles originally and then I kind of feel like I want to replay Suikoden in 1 and 2 so that... Because I played them when I was young. They were quite overwhelming for me as a kid. And I don't know if you kind of got that vibe, Dustin, when you were playing it, just in the sense that there's a lot to manage in Suikoden 2. There was a definite connection to Konami that I was always fascinated by as a kid because I always loved Konami. I didn't know quite... I, I guess I understood at the time. I was like, they, these guys make a lot of games that I really enjoy. But it was a little disappointing that it got knocked out of 2023 because it was something that I was maybe looking forward to playing over the holiday season back when it was looking like it might arrive. But it was bounced out uh, of 2024. And I guess I'd give a shout out to that. I I think it frustrates some listeners, but I'm just I love going backwards and I like spending a good deal of my time playing older games because I feel like we I won't even call these games missed because I played them back in the day, but we we are there's too much hype in this industry about about the real future about the unknown and i totally get that but oftentimes it doesn't pan out and we kind of don't look enough towards what did work and why things should come back and how things have been dormant and i think suikoden is a really good example of that i mean the series really did run in a in a in a major way through the ps2 era and it always had an appeal to people but i'm down to to check these games out again sample something from the past again reconnect with a genre that i really love and will explore for the rest of my life which is the japanese role-playing game and of course i was i was saying earlier dustin is approaching it which i've never done with a an adult mind where it's funny to go back and play games sometimes and uh well the example i'd use is when i i played civilization four and five without really even understanding how to play the game like just yeah. never reading a tutorial, never doing anything, just kind of figuring it out as I went. And then I just took the time to sit down and and watch a few hours worth of tutorials online. And then I was like, oh, I didn't understand anything about this game. And it gives you a different perspective. And for a genre we love so much and that it has been up and down and been explored so thoroughly, I think Suikoden 1 and 2 are certainly worth a um, a revisit. And I'll be very interested to see, especially because I know the originals are expensive to buy if you want them that this will be the first time a lot of people have gotten an opportunity to play them and so yeah let's throw that out there and give a little jrpg love i don't want to I, I so many games on my list are so predictable i want to have a, a more interesting list <laughs> than what i've been writing now so yeah i'm going to say sweet in one and two i wonder if these in this re-release is indicative of potentially them wanting to make a new sweet game because 
I own one of the follow-ups to Suikoden 1 and 2 on PS2. I don't know. I'm curious what Suikoden fans think of those because they're never mentioned, really. Or at least I don't see people talk about, oh, I, well, I really like Suikoden 3. I don't hear that very often. So Konami has reemerged to some degree. I guess questionable in some sense. We talked about Bloober Team not being able to talk about Silent Hill and and whatnot. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious if it's one of those situations where there's now that kicks. There was the Kickstarter for Ayun Chronicles, and they maybe thought, oh well, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of money here. Tonight. Yeah, definitely. Although I want Konami to take it easy because it. I don't know what they're capable of right now. And a new Suikoden project will be very complicated. Yeah. You'd have to find the right partner for that. Okay. This brings us back to you, Chris, for your, what would this be? Fourth option? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with something I'm more, I, this is more of a morbid curiosity for me, but Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I'm, re- I'm really keen to figure out what the hell this is going to end up being because I can't quite, I can't quite tell. Usually I have a pretty good grasp on like, oh, I, I have a pretty good detector for certain things. Like I remember when they first showed No Man's Sky, I thought immediately like, mm, no, something's, something's up here. And same thing with Anthem. And this one, I just don't know because every time I see it, I'm like, it looks fun, but it looks wrong also. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. So honestly, just, just from the standpoint of actually figuring out what the hell this is going to be, uh, I got to say Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is probably one of the, the games I'm most interested in next year because I, I really I really can't pinpoint this thing at all. As I noted on a couple episodes ago of Sacred Symbols, there is something interesting about this game, but not going to be for me at launch because apparently they're going to add a more robust single player functionality. Post yeah, that's crazy. At that point, and that, at that point, I might check it out, but that's the word anyway. Who knows how it's all going to pan out? So, OK, are you going to play that game, Dustin? I think I'm going to, it's a wait and see for, you know, I just, there's some aspect of it that I have been really into playing games with my friends on different, like, for example, last night I checked out the finals, uh, which I'll talk about on last week's episode of Sacred Symbols, (laughs) and it was really fun. And so games like that do have a bit more of a, an interest for me, but I heard people talking about the beta and I'm hearing some mixed things. Mm, so I believe it. It is just a beta. So there's time to kind of tune things, but not a lot of time to change things. Are they NDA'd on that? Technically, yeah. Hmm. But. Well, I don't know. people with NDAs talk all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. What is your choice here? Number four for you, Dustin? My number four is, I think, one that I mentioned last year, <laughs> but it got delayed out. And I'm still excited for it, and I want to bring attention to it still, regardless. And that's Grand Blue Fantasy Relink coming now officially February 1st. And this is a very curious project to me in that originally Platinum was <coughs> attached to it, and now Psy Games is, they took them off the project and I think handled a lot of it internally. And this is a huge, huge property with Grand Blue Fantasy primarily on mobile. They recently made those Grand Blue Fantasy fighting games. I don't remember what they're called, but those were uh, very successful as well. Fantasy Versus or something like that. Yeah, Fantasy. Grand. And what team is that again? The That's Arc System Works, I think. Arc System Works, right. Yeah. So there's definitely something going on with Grand Blue Fantasy beyond just the mobile games. And so this, it 
looking at it, the the animations and the colors on screen all looks really beautiful. And and I'm also curious about this aspect I'm seeing when I was just trying to research and, and learn more about it without going too crazy and, and spoil stuff is that there's a big emphasis that the game has a lot of co-op in it as well. And so as a, a fan of action RPGs and um, the the combat kind of reminds me of, of Tales in some ways as well, I think this has the potential to be something really special. And I wonder if Grand Blue Fantasy will be able to become a more uh, big name, kind of like Persona did uh, in the last five, well, maybe longer than five years now. That was what, 2017? So uh, do we have another... RPG Japanese RPG contender on our hands here with Grand Blue Fantasy. We'll yeah, see. It's be, been in it, development long enough. It's been so. very, yeah. I was gonna say it's been in development very long. They first showed footage of the game when I was still kind of funny. Dang. That's how long it's been. And that was, I think, during the plat like when Platinum was um was working on it, and then Side Games brought it internally, like you said. Yeah. So it's got a date of February first on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. It's a console exclusive, which is interesting. So Sony somehow secured that, and it might be a a, a good one for them. The Grand Blue Fantasy versus fighting game is also a PlayStation exclusive that came to PS4 in the early days of COVID, March 3rd, 2020, which is probably why it got lost in the mix a little bit. But it got it got decent scores, 78 on Metacritic. It's not not off the beaten path. Arc System usually does a little better than that. Okay, Um, it's on me now. So a game that I am very, very intrigued by that I'll select next is uh, Pacific Drive. And Mm. This game was recently recently dated as well uh, for early or it was said that it was going to come in early 2024. I think it might have gotten a, a more specific release date since then. I'll look after I'm done talking. But Pacific Drive from it's being published by Kepler Ironwood Studios, a studio in Seattle, I think, is making it. Kepler published Sifu, that game Chia, that questionable game Scorn and so on and so forth. So they're kind of like a newer publisher and. I've expressed this before, and I don't know if people out there feel it. I, I kind of even look for shit like this, and I don't know exactly how to search for it on YouTube yeah. and elsewhere. It's like I like. I like cozy hideaway spaces where it's implied that you're kind of like set up encamped and hiding. There's something really fun about that to me. Where So. An example is when I bring up a Resident Evil game and you come into one of those rooms where there's a typewriter and there's like a bed and it's you don't do anything, but it's implied like you can kind of chill here and hide away and recover and figure things out look through your gear and all of that. I don't know why and I don't know if that's just like a very unusual thing, but I find that very attractive as a design because it's just like you're slinking around and no one really knows where anyone else is. And so you can just kind of post up. And Pacific Drive is all about that. And what I what I love about that is that so it's a first person game. It's like an action kind of survival game. But you're basically in a car driving around and then you bring your car back to your garage, which is your home base. And there you upgrade your base, you upgrade your car, you make it more robust and you're kind of like away from danger. And there's just something very attractive about that. I don't know. I I, I don't know how to really explain it. And I, I said earlier that I, I look sometimes on YouTube like for hideouts or something and it's always something stupid like a child's hideout or some historic gang hideout or something and i'm like no like it's almost the closest thing to it is almost like uh like stealth camping or something that's like the closest that analog to it but 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this game. Pacific Drive, this is something that Sony did secure as a console exclusive. It comes to Windows at the same time that it'll come to PS5. It was shown again, I think, at the Game Awards, although I maybe in a commercial, but I didn't um, pay attention because I didn't want to spoil anything. <laughs> is anyone else interested in this? Uh... Oh, yeah, it does have a date. February 22nd, 2000. I, I knew it. February 22nd. So yeah. in that right wedged in there. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, anyone interested? Or am I alone? Yeah. Yeah, this one looks neat to me. I, I like the... For me, the the big thing is honestly the visual style. I, I, I like the use of... Like the composition of it. Like the use of color throughout it. It's just a cool looking... It's just... I like this hue or this tone. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily care too much for the idea. I'm curious about the, the fact that this is a car game. Like, I'm really curious how they're going to make that work, because usually th this isn't really the the avenue for vehicular gameplay of any kind. So that's kind of interesting to me. It's intriguing. So, yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Are you going to check it out there, uh, Justin? I think it looks cool, uh, but I'm not particularly super drawn to it. So it's, again, one of those that if it becomes immediately clear after it comes out that it's a game that I would like, I'll check it out. I'm open yeah. to trying out almost anything takes place um in washington state which is cool and where is that a sexual joke it can be whatever you want it to be yeah whoa babe new whoa. year new him <laughs> we're all running on fumes at this point everyone's being a little delirious <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. all right one last game from each of us we'll go to you chris for your final selection all right i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the asshole uh destiny 2 final shape i know it's technically cheating but i gotta know I got to know what the hell this this has so much significance now, especially after everything that's happened with, uh, you know, Bungie in the in the in the in the recent term that we've been discussing the news and then just all the stuff with layoffs and, and you know, their impact on the, the Last of Us factions and, you know, the delay of this thing to po to polish, even though I mean, the delays clearly because you lost like 10 percent of your workforce. And just the fact that a lot is riding on this and the fact that it is also like all that external outs outside of the game drama by itself would be enough of an interesting reason to focus on it. But the fact that this is supposedly, you know, the end game of this story that they've been telling for a long time, the wrap up uh, following a really, really lackluster from a story perspective expansion in um, Lightfall, uh, there's just kind of a lot of pressure on this thing to do well commercially but also critically quite honestly like i think i think they're gonna need a, a win and if this ain't it if they fumble their end game that's a pretty big that's a big problem so I'm, I'm just really curious to see how it's how it's going to shape up i've been playing this game for a really, really long time i think i'm ready at this point to be like okay uh once this is out it's it's the same thing with my marvel uh, relationship where I'm like, okay, cool. End game's out. Not really going to watch another one of these unless it's unless I hear objectively good things about it or there's some other reason to see it. But uh, this is a lot of this is going to be a lot of people's exit point. So I don't know that that alone is fascinating because Destiny's never really had that before. So yeah, that's 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 my main. That's the last one for me. You said it was cheating, but it's just because it's a expansion. It's an expansion. I don't know. You know. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't yeah. know how anything works anymore because Cyberpunk apparently is an ongoing game. So yeah. 
I've got no fucking clue what this industry considers what. And Dave anymore. the Diver is independent. Yeah. So it's all up in the air. Okay. Well, good selection. Dustin, are you going to play? No. Well, I'm so conflicted. I do have a soft spot in my heart for Destiny, but I did not play anything since Witch Queen. So that I was just the best one. Yeah, I'm, I'm too out of the loop to really I feel like I try to go and remember what happened with the story, which I barely had a grasp on at the time. And now so much shit has happened yeah. and they just randomly throw it in a short cutscene mid season that I feel too lost to go back. Really? Yeah, you got to You got to uh, buy the 2000 page lore textbook from the punchy yeah. store and read up on it before you even have any fucking semblance of a clue. All right. Last one for you, Dustin. I think I'm going to go the Chris, if you want to say cheater route. I could talk about Project or, uh, Fantasio uh, metaphor, but we just talked about that. That wouldn't be that interesting for the listeners. So let's talk briefly about Elden Ring, Shadow of the Erd Tree. This oh, was yeah. pitched as a DLC, but now, this coming February, Elden Ring will have released two years ago. So this DLC, I kind of wonder at this point if they're going to just make it a standalone release or or something along those lines. I mean, even if it's somewhat of a standalone release that it's it's made with a lot of the same engines is kind of used Elden Ring as a jumping off point. Uh, Maybe it's not Elden Ring 2, but it is a standalone release called Elden Ring Shadow of the Earth Tree. That would be awesome. I'd actually prefer that than going in and finding a portal that you get by rubbing a a ring and a used napkin together with, you know, some kind of weird Dark Souls DLC summoning shit. I I would way prefer if it was its own thing. And they've been so quiet about this. It was just, I think, after they won Game of the Year, maybe January, when they showed us that one image and said, hey, we're working on dlc for uh an expansion for elden ring which is you know their biggest game yet and so obviously that was really exciting and they have been doing other stuff too they released uh uh armored core this year one best action game so they're still uh you know firing at all cylinders i don't know exactly what their structure is there i assume that they have two teams going at the same time but I think about it like this. The last two years since Elden Ring released, they could have been working on Elden Ring 2 and moving on to their next main release. But instead, they've been working on a DLC. Yeah, that just seems odd to me. Hmm. Seems really weird. So I I just I'm wondering if sometime in 2024, we're going to get an announcement that a little something extra with this. All right. Finally, from me. Let's see. There's so many choices. Mm. All right. I think this was on my list last year, so I'll bring it up again because it didn't come out, which is Mina the Hollower. The oh, Yacht yeah. Club game. It was mm-hmm. supposed to come out in December, as you guys might remember, and I don't I didn't support it on Kickstarter. I thought I did, but I actually didn't. So I can't see their posts. They last posted November 15th for their subscribers or for their supporters only. They did have a lot of them. They had 21,439 backers 
bringing $1.2 million to the game. For people that don't know me to the hollow, we're from Yacht Club, the studio that did Shovel Knight. Been a long time since they put out a new game. They have published a couple of games, but no internal development. So that game, Cyber Shadow or whatever, that game was fucking dope. They published that. Yeah but they didn't make it. And they've been working on this game for a while. And it's a Game Boy Color inspired Zelda like game that I think would be most akin to the Capcom Game Boy Color games, Zelda Oracles of Ages, Zelda Oracle of Seasons. And I I fucking loved those games when I was in high school, loved them. And there's just something again about a developer that's very true to form with making something old. It's something that we try to do a Lilymo. We're not nearly as talented as Yakko, but maybe we'll be one day. And so I definitely want to show them my love and support. I don't know if they've been as peculiarly silent publicly as they have been privately. Maybe people are they're saying things behind the scenes and are just that stuff's not leaking out as far as when the game's coming. But I, I didn't ever see a release date update. Um, and it's a little bit of a bummer, but I assume it must be coming out this year. So I was reading my list of games and there's a lot of them. We can read through the stuff we didn't bring up yet, but I think I'll put me into the hollow as my final game. Okay. All right. A few, a oh few, yeah. A few games that I didn't. Again, I, I wrote down just a shit ton of games here. That game Blue Protocol is coming out. I'm. It's not an anticipated game, but I, I'm interested in that because it's free to play. So I'll be interested to see how that does. Concord was on my list because that game, unlike Fair Games, does have a 2024 release year at least attached to it, and that's been reiterated. So that is coming in 2024, and I will be curious about that. But it's it would be very disingenuous for me to say that I'm excited about it. I am really just curious about it. Uh, metaphor refantasio like you said is on my list as well that game looks fucking dope i would i was that's one of the things where i was like i'm gonna leave that to, to dustin there, there there are a few games where i was like i'm not gonna touch that and that was one of them which fire is the game from the astronauts that looks super dope the guys that did the vanishing of ethan carter it's been in development for a really long time but it's uh it looks like a really fun magic shooter and you know how i love my magic shooters <laughs> Let's see. I put Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered just as a personal one, because that's a game I really love. I loved Dark Forces when I was a kid. That was a rare PC game I had. And there were good ports of it as well on PS1 and elsewhere. But that's where I played it on PC. And that might be a game I actually play. Unlike Star Wars Outlaws or whatever, which I just don't think I'm going to even bother with. I, I think that I might go back and play like a more pure Lucas arts adventure. I put Alone in the Dark here. Just curious about it. I don't think it's an anticipated game of mine. I want to see how it is. Stellar Blade oh, yeah. is apparently coming this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that will be interesting. I put G.I. Joe Wrath of Cobra on here, but it is not a PlayStation game. It's only announced for PC and Switch. But that game looks really cool. It's like a, a, a G.I. Joe beat em up. The game Lost Soul aside, we haven't seen that game in a while. Another game we haven't seen in a while is Little Devil Inside. Oh, yeah. What happened to that? No mm. idea. That hmm. game was announced such a long time ago that they said that it was coming to Xbox One. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with uh, with that one. And then Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes. Are you going to check that one out? Uh, yeah, Justin? I'm I'm really curious about it. I feel like I need to finish Suikoden 2 before I, I do that. It would feel wrong not to, but it's t- some Kickstarter games. They have so much hype and then they come out and then it's not quite what people were hoping for. So I'm I'm definitely I have my eye on it. And I have been for a while because people didn't really they released that other game, too, that wasn't quite the same format uh, that people were kind of mixed on. So, yeah, I don't know. And then finally, and I, this was another game I didn't want to bring up because I didn't know if you were going to bring it up, Dustin, but you didn't mm. was um, level five's Deca Police, which looks pretty cool. It's the um, 
it's like the detective role playing game and it was yeah. recently delayed. It's also going to be on Switch. So shout out to Deca Police. I think that game looks cool. But the, oh, the, this the, game. Yeah. The reality is, is that um, I was reading like all the different websites in preparation for this. The they are like GameSpot, Game Informer, a few of them have like these really comprehensive lists. But when you count, when you cross reference them, you realize that they're not none of them as individual are truly comprehensive. And then so you think things are missing. But then what you realize when you look at this stuff is that a lot of the stuff just doesn't have dates or even years attached to them. So this it felt a little weaker this year in the year coming up, but I think it, it actually is probably going to be pretty strong. I just don't think we know a great deal about what's coming yet. And some of these games are just a little late in coming. So yeah, shout out to those games. Any games you guys want to shout out from your lists or are we, are we good to go? Dustin, anything for you? I, the only extra I had on there was metaphor, but it it's, I was trying to think because I also felt like looking through the list that there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited for, but it doesn't, it feels a little more slim, even if I'm looking and, and I know we're not talking about this show, but with Nintendo paper Mario RPG. And I mean, they're going to release a whole new system, which is why it seems like it's just a little bit quiet, but even outside of PlayStation, I thought, man, there's just uh, nothing that I feel like insanely excited for outside of the few games that I mentioned here. So we'll see if uh, 2024 can live up to 2023 and it's insanity anything from you chris before we wrap it up i mean i just had rise of the ronin there out of curiosity and uh, i did mm. have stellar blade as well but i don't know man i i, I don't kind of want to be i don't want to be too much of a pessimist but i'm getting like a, i'm getting a bad feeling and i don't know i don't know why from from 2024 because there's some stuff here for sure but uh I feel like maybe it's just because we had such a good year this year, like an uncharacteristically good year that next year is just kind of going to feel inherently worse. But I'm getting, um, I don't know. I'm feeling 2014 vibes. Oh, uh, interesting. On four, like, I, I don't know. And it, it could just be for me, by the way. Cause like my time, it's kind of like how Colin, you, you kind of talked about how this year is like really, really good overall, but not a lot spoke to you specifically. I think that might be what's happening for me next year there's because there's definitely a lot but none of it's none of it's singing to me you know none of it's none of it's summoning me like a like the like the little smell lines off of a pie on a windowsill sure 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 sure. not getting that feeling from anything in 24 2024 so yeah also doesn't help that we don't know fucking anything uh, about what's happening for most of the year but yeah there's a timidness it seems like right now in in saying anything maybe because of nintendo in some sense some people might have to wait to go with nintendo and there are others that might want to just avoid it entirely because you'd be foolish to fuck around with that. I think at this point, I think from Wii U to switch, I think people are probably a little more cavalier in how they would deal with that, but you can't go into this new generation thinking it's going to be the same as that. So, because it, it certainly wasn't so, um, and yeah, this year, 2023, it's true. There were like all these big bangers and yet the game I thought was by far the best that I played final fantasy 16 didn't even seem to be really in serious consideration for game of the year. So, Okay. That's it. Shortest episode of Sacred Symbols ever, maybe. That's just about an hour, but it's mm. that's all we have to say. These are the games we're looking forward to. We hope you guys are doing well out there as the holiday season begins to wrap up soon, but you still have a little bit of time. Um, so be well, take your time off and enjoy. And if you're out there working or grinding or whatever, hope you're doing well, too. Chris, uh, goodbye to you. Let's go around the horn and say goodbye. Chris, goodbye to you. Goodbye, everybody. I'm, g- I'm going to go film a bunch. I got a oh, lot of work wow. to do. Cool, man. Godspeed. Mm -hmm. And Dustin, goodbye to you. Goodbye. 
Uh, my wife is leaving me tonight temporarily, not permanently. <laughs> and there's no food in the house, which means I'm going to order a delicious cheese pizza just for me. Uh, not cheese, actually, but just like Home Alone, mm. I will be ordering a pizza where, all where for myself. Oh, you know, I'm going to PJ's, dude, yeah. Papa John's. What, what am I supposed it? to do here in Western PA? What are you going to get? What am it? I supposed to do? So what are you going to get on it? Oh, what am I going to get? Oh, pepper, just pepperoni. I, I'm just a, a simpleton when it comes to that's entirely. Fine. I don't want to do any. I, I would argue, though, that from Papa John's, like from those chains. Yeah. The be- like the more overstuffed pizzas are probably better, actually. Like, I think if you, if you went from like a if you went to like a normal like local pizzeria, I think che- I think cheese or plain and pepperoni are probably the best. Like, you don't need to overcomplicate it when you're going to that place. But like Papa John's. I'm loading that shit up with everything because I need to mask the fact that it's a cardboard pizza, you know, dude, I I'm tired of people shitting on on Papa because I think <laughs> it's I don't know. You can just say I'm in Western PA. I don't know any better. I've had many great pizzas. I'm not saying Papa John's is as good as those. I'm just it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's actually pretty damn good. Do you remember when he was remember when Papa John's, the CEO was like warning everybody of. <laughs> Because then they didn't he have oh, like the a day whole, of reckoning. Yeah, the day of reckoning. Day of reckoning yeah. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit wild. I've eaten 30 pizzas in 30 days. Yeah, that was the other <laughs> thing when he was like eating all the pizzas, studying the pizzas. That was a, that was interesting. Yeah. All right, my friends. Well, thank you for joining me today for this brisk episode. Thank you all out there for your love, kindness, and support of Last Day Media, patreon.com slash last day media for early ad free access. Last uh media.store for merch. Cannot speak. Tired. We're almost done. We're almost through this. Because we've been doubling up a lot just for you out there. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Until then, goodbye. See ya. Take care, guys. Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is proudly recorded in the USA. The show is conceived by, is written by, and is directed by me, Colin Moriarty. My co-hosts are Chris Raygun Maldonado and Dustin Furman. The show is produced by executive producer Dustin Furman. It's edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by my best friend, Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand's shows, including Sacred Symbols, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash Media. The following names are at the producer level on Patreon, our highest tier, and we're grateful for your thoughtful and kind contributions to our independent endeavor. Thank you. William Holbert, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, SLVFMA, Daniel D'Amour, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Malachi Wall, Dave Cowell, Donald John Vader, Stephen Innerfield, Iroquois Pliskin, Logan Little George, Vincent Valenzuela, Landon Pipkin, Kyle Johnson, Daniel Beresford, Brian Williamson, Jorge Padua, Vance Cody, Rallo, Mr. Ayub, Casey Raymond, Denny Sniper Teeth, Extian, Magic Marker 215, Ross R. Lowe, Kevin Hawley, Austin Lipka, Paul Warren, Harold Eustache, Will Williams, Nicholas Renaud, Shane Breck, Sean Llewellyn, Michael Mashed Potato, Sweaty Magic, Nate Izod, Harkeet Johnny, Ellis, Albion, Josh Sullinger, Jacob Donovan, Dark Archer SC, My Name is Mayo, Jason R. Zahn, Sean Hatfield, Christopher Knock, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Sorta Serious Gaming, Mark Arnold, Whiskey Sin, Zia Parrix, Sean Miles, Relentless Rex, Alan Tiniak, Dustin Klingman, Christian R., Jad Rita, Jacob Hancock, Luke Aldersley, Dustin Graff, Zach Cohen, Peyton Stone, Fozzie Bear, Michael Buffel, Dan Root, Asak Parades, Talisman, Christopher Morgan, Randall Holsey, Dio or Die, T-Bone 
1-800-GOAT-1007. Josh Godfrey, Kalike Zuza, Betty Ann Moriarty, Travis, Ross Chandler, H-Trons, Antonio C., Alan Einer, Jay Getter, Bjorn Campbell, Theo, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Jordan Gale, Of Fortuna, John Zyle, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Mr. Moth, Poot, Gavin Newland, Alex Lapierre, Carl Wallace, Saul Balcazar, Raul Melendez, Matt Flowers, Kinnams, Joseph Baker, Kendrick Caius, Jimmy Rodriguez, Rockin' Ace, Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Adam Hall, Mason Bichard, Ollie Fritz, Anthony Marola, John W. Torres, Saqib Alam, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Toby Ryland, Stewie 108, Andy Miller, Patrick Montgomery, Richter 86, Derek Wechter, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Joel Holcomb, Aaron Betk, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coates, Logan Sharp, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chand, Organic Produce, Carlos Algaret, Mike Menzel, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Joosh, Martin Beck, Gavin, Jerome Ferreira, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Lewin Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, John Schultz, Tom Quinn, Anton Kay, Alan Tremblay, Ryan T. Mandel, Porkin Beans, Jean-Francois Forzi, Tony Zuniga, Robbie Hensley, Shane Miller, Alex Cabrera, Corey Dustin, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, William O'Carroll, Bo, Jorge Pal, Cannonball Jones, Tomas Sablin, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Scott Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Joey Gondoliger, Alex Monez, Gerald Pennington, Justin Payne, Justin Wagaman, Austin Riley, Paul Joyce, Alan Hopkins, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Shane Rayum, Don Lee, John Cordero, Ashley Carlson, Kyle Martin, Madmock Media, Bull Burkholz, and Jonathan Rice. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.